There's a trend worldwide of businesses, usually in or around food, that are built with the intention of making either a minimal environmental impact or indeed a positive one. So in the past we spoke to Cork Rooftop Farm, or CUSP, the Cork Urban Soil Project, which have this same type of agenda. Now you can listen back to those podcasts if you look back through the feed. Today we have another fascinating enterprise that are kind of on the same path. Revolution Farm and Kitchen are both an urban farm and food production. What they produce are grey oyster mushrooms, and they do this in a specifically designed 40-foot container, currently operating within the grounds of UCD. Now, not just this, with waste and the environment in mind, Paddy and James have decided to reuse something that we all see daily, spent coffee grinds. And not only that, but the mushrooms they cultivate are then converted into ready-made meals and sold through stockets all about Dublin. It's science, it's flavour, it's community, it's environmental care, and it's all wrapped up into one. And I have to say, that these types of businesses, I'm going to actually more call it a project, they're just so fascinating to me because what they... What I feel is that what they bring to cities is exactly what cities are missing, mm. you know? So, like, how cool would it be to see urban farms that create employment, education, environmental problem solving, and also just even a place to kind of visit and eat and spend a few hours, no? Yeah, absolutely. And so we're going to hear from Paddy about how this all started and where it might also be going, but we also dig into where the inspiration is coming from and how UCD, which is their base, has not only given them a place to work, but a stream of eager volunteers and students who help out and are also studying and researching their model. Now, how they have changed their approach several times over the years and stayed flexible, this is also something we look at, but also how putting the environment first can have social and circular economic benefits for us all. Yeah, so here's Paddy Arnold of Revolution Farm and Kitchen. Uh, so my name is Paddy and uh, I'm co-founder of a project called Revolution Farm and Kitchen. Uh, so myself and James, who's my business partner, and we started this in 2020. And what we do is we use coffee grounds, spent coffee grounds, to grow oyster mushrooms in Dublin. Nice. And then we use those oyster mushrooms to make uh, a couple of different sauces that we then sell um, in around Dublin mainly. So That's a pretty wild yeah. idea, isn't it? Um, it's a bit wild now. Um, yeah, we kind of. That there are people doing this in in our in in England, for instance, or in in Holland, and there are definitely people doing it in America. So we've kind of learned from them and learned through YouTube, really. And okay. and yeah, it was um, initially the project started just I suppose as almost a lockdown project. We were kind of looking to yeah do something a bit different, and um, yeah, this is kind of what we came to. Yeah, my right. my background is kind of in kitchens and. Um, so I was kind of looking to open up, open, open up a restaurant, restaurant in 2019, 2020, and then obviously stuff has happened. So I uh, kind of put that on the shelf. And um, yeah, for a long time, I think I've been pretty conscious of the whole f- food waste area of, of yeah. kitchens. Yeah. And I suppose a bit of time and reflection, time off and, and reflection during COVID lockdown, uh, I think I... Yeah, I wanted to focus on on food waste as something that I can do something positive about, and it's in my realm or in my my area of passion and and expertise. So, uh, to, yeah, have, have a bit more positive impact rather than just creating another restaurant that is going to create more waste. And, and so you're you're a chef by trade, are you? Yeah, yeah, I'm a chef. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
yeah, we worked uh, over 10 years and as in kitchens and kind of moved around. I was, in, I was actually living in Italy myself as well. Jack lived in it for a couple of years in Rome and, and Bologna. So, um, yeah, just a great way of great way of seeing the world and and uh, learning about different places and and but yeah, I just I moved back in Ireland and uh, yeah, wanted to. I suppose definitely it became a bit more crystal clear once we had that time during twenty twenty just to relax or just to, to take a moment. So yeah, I wanted to um, yeah, I just want to do something that yeah doesn't affect the environment particularly yeah. badly you know can i can i dig in and ask you some yeah. technical questions yeah sure sure so the understanding i have is that you guys are growing mushrooms in spent coffee grounds so you're you're collecting coffee grounds mm. from coffee shops in the area so, so so initially yeah so we've kind of we've gone a nice kind of lean path i suppose from from 2020 uh we initially just partnered with one coffee grant, one cafe, and we took all their coffee grants and we used them. Spent, uh, we used uh, grow tents, and we grew the coffee. We grew the mushrooms there in, in very small amounts. Uh, we gradually kind of developed, I suppose, our way of doing it. Mm. And then we also uh, then obviously needed some kind of products or needed to try and trial the selling the mushrooms. So mm-hmm. uh, we've kind of scaled it up gradually, and now we're. We've gone from those two grow tents to uh, a large forty-five foot retrofitted container. Wow. So we uh, were retrofitting this as we were kind of learning the whole process of of growing the mushrooms. Um, so we then moved that container to UCD uh, this year in the summer. And so now the arrangement is that we use, we take all the coffee grounds from around campus in UCD, mm-hmm. bring them to our container, and then mm-hmm. mix them with um, basically calcium carbonate which uh, kind of uh, neutralizes the the, ca- the coffee then we mix it with uh, currently we're mixing with wood shavings and water and yeah. and that's it and then and, and sorry mushroom spawn of course and then uh, we we put them in our specially de- specially designed um wheelie bins and um they are basically brought through the process of, of mushroom kind of cultivation so initially there's a first area which is it's called incubation. We leave it in there in the dark uh, for about two to three weeks, and then we move. Um, if if it's successfully incubated, we'll then move it to a second area, which is called fruiting. So we are yeah. replicating autumn con- conditions. So we have high humidity, high wind flow, basically replicating kind of rain and wind of autumn, and uh, and we have just natural light coming in. So um, that's. That's there are the conditions essentially that mushrooms kind of fruit in, and we use um, grey oyster mushrooms. So okay. they're particularly virulent as a strain, and they grow quite well on coffee grounds. So okay. yeah, initially, you know, our, our kind of journey started out of trying to grow it on hundred percent coffee grounds and, and try to figure that way out. Um, and there are there's a, a crowd in, in Rotterdam in Rotterdam that we're doing that. They're mixing the coffee grounds with another part of the kind of coffee waste which is the, the husk and so we we were trialing that and we just didn't have a great amount of success so we kind of shifted mm. towards using some some wood shavings that we source pretty locally yeah it's okay. such it's such a great idea it is, isn't it it is and the, the, i mean i love that idea of like using the coffee grounds but like putting it, it probably in an area that's not used either as well yeah. like an amazing concept like and i actually saw you guys on the rt news 
um and you had these huge wheelie bins with like massive holes cut out of it and and the mushrooms were like mm. spawning out of it but they weren't like tiny little mushrooms they were absolutely massive like how big do they yeah. actually grow well yeah you can just leave them grow really as much as you want but then like it's not 100 percent sure but uh, people would say that the, the flavor slightly changes you know the bigger okay. they grow but I, th- I suppose the main reason you don't see mushrooms like that is because if when in mushroom growing process what, what they're trying to do essentially what the mushrooms are the fruit of the of the mushroom or the, the fruit of the fungus really and mm. so they're trying to essentially spread their mm. reproduce they're going okay. to, they're trying to sporulate trying okay. to spread their spores so we are actually using a non sporulate non-sporulating strain which means that we essentially we can go in and we don't need to put on big kind of gas masks uh because if if you, you know, put a lot of mushrooms in a confined area and they're all sporulating it can yeah. it, it's quite bad for your lungs that can get into your lungs it's called mushroom lung so we actually experienced that in a small grow tent and so we, we move towards a non-sporulating variety it also means you have it doesn't all these spores aren't going everywhere you don't actually have to clean them as much as well so that all in all means that we then need don't have to harvest it like on point every you know you don't have to be in there harvesting every day so the idea is we're trying to make it as lean as possible and trying to go in once a week harvest everything and then you know harvest on the friday for instance and then then on saturday i'll go out to a big industrial kitchen and make the sauce so just trying to make it i mean we really are very very small scale we're a drop in the ocean for any kind of national mushroom production but um it's i suppose at the moment we're just trying to find out uh, or, or trying to discover the most efficient uh, way of doing it you know? and the choice for oyster mushrooms was it the versatility in cooking or was it a choice based on the cultivation are they they're easier to cultivate yeah and mainly the cultivation mainly i suppose cultivation. we, we yeah, everyone who tries to grow them on coffee grounds uh, use the oyster mushrooms. So we were trying that, and then we started to get a load of mushrooms, and then I was kind of like, hmm, what to do with this? And the, yeah. <laughs> so, the maybe to sell the mushrooms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, so we did again going back to the kind of lean principles. We tried to um, we you know harvested these perfect oyster mushrooms, took loads of photos on the Friday, brought them to. A, friend who's got a, a local grocer displayed them nicely we were like mm. here we go you know i can't remember how many kilos we had but you know it was it was all set we were we were gonna see and um i don't think even half them sold well wow. there was over the full weekend and there were like it was a busy weekend and we were just like mm, like a lot of fair bit of effort went into both you know making sure they were all um they weren't too damaged on transport having you know various aspects and it was a bit of a yeah good good lesson i suppose or a realization it's 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 tricky and they're ultimately they're perishable as well you know by the end of the weekend no one's going to buy them so um yeah just started playing around with them and like i remember putting i just put them in a you know like a robocube and they just came out like like shreds of chicken almost like they're quite they're quite mean they don't like i suppose most mushrooms they don't but what I found then once I cooked them, they didn't really like start to like uh, like piss water. Basically, they didn't really um, leak a lot of water. So yeah, they, and I going back. I, I lived in Polania, yeah, for about, uh, about six months, and I just making pasta basically by hand. And I love, uh, yeah, I always love making bolognese sauce. It's very like 
staff food and kitchens, you always have to make a bit of food. So that kind of became my little dish. So I was like, I'll try it and um, I'll try it with the oyster mushrooms. And it worked out well, yeah. And that's, that was our first product then, called Revolution Ragu. And um, yeah, it's just nice and tasty. It gives a nice meaty flavor and, and texture as well. The, and you're doing a few other products now as well besides the ragu sauce. Just, what else do you yeah, it's uh, called Ch- Revolution Chili. So it's basically okay. like a chili con carne. So, you know nice. what, I don't know about you staying in Cork, but in, here in Dublin, when I was a kid, we always had spaghetti bolognese, chili con carne and chicken curry for dinner. <laughs> They're the three things, really. Typical so. menu. <laughs> yeah, so um, kind of an, an Irish play on a few of these sauces, yeah. Oh, that that's so great. I love that kind of creative story. Like, so tell me, how did you deal with those early kind of um, fails and successes? Like, was it, did you take it in your stride or how did, how did it all work out for you? Um, yeah, I mean, we did, I suppose. We, there was definitely, yeah, loads of little fails, but they're all very small scale, like, you know? Mm-hmm. So um, the bigger kind of picture was getting this uh, container up and running. Mm-hmm. And so... Once we, we purchased that, it was just a case of like, how, okay, how are we going to do this? And um, yeah, I suppose uh, it's great. Uh, like, yeah, ultimately we had, we had a lot of support from from like local enterprise offices, but also um, that we're on a, a scheme called the Back to Work Enterprise Allowance. It just allowed us to just have a bit more breathing room to, you know, not be needing to make loads of money straight away you know it's it's yeah. um just that bit of support definitely yeah. helps you know? and um ucd tell us about the involvement of ucd and why, why is that important to the success of your business yeah so we uh, we were actually we had an arrangement with another uh farm in, in dublin and the idea was to, to move the container there and we were kind of all on track to that, with that but it was a little bit um yeah we were, we were ready to go but then ucd uh, one of the ladies, one of the professors in UCD Innovation Academy, she picked mm-hmm. up the revolutionary goo. As she picked up the sauce and from neighbour food actually in in Dunleary, and um, she picked it up and then um, she got it again. And then suddenly there was a an email saying, you know, hey guys, would you like to come in? And she'd ordered twelve jars of of ragu on neighbor food wow. um, to Dunleary and this is what I was doing a couple of jars here and there anyway and so she invited us in to have a chat with the students in the Innovation Academy and um, so the Innovation Academy is by bringing different departments um, uh, of UCD together and, and trying to like any student from 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 maybe, say biology or from business or from wherever can come in and do uh, a course so they have courses for like design for sustainability and, and and various kind of progressive courses like this so we went in and had a chat and we, we kind of talked we just said oh our container is basically ready to go um so we we walked around campus and looked at a couple of locations and we, we rolled the container in about three weeks later and cool. um yeah so it's been it's been great yeah it's been it's been great to have that support and um it's uh yeah, it's essentially allowing us to do these to, to kind of do a full analysis of of this farm. Is, is it sustainable? Is it uh, potentially is it economically viable? Yeah. And um, and yeah, so we have a lot of well, James, my business partner. His his background is kind of tech and, and physics, so yeah. we have a lot of sensors in the container. We have a lot of we're basically gathering a lot of data and showing. Um, well, hopefully, it will show that we can grow mushrooms with 
relatively low impact or uh, well impact overall but energy usage and that it's ideal for an Irish climate. Great and are the students involved in that research as well? Yep. so we have got uh, about five or six students working with us and they collect coffee grounds they uh, are helping us with the mixes and then yeah we're kind of working on I suppose the marketing around, around campus and yeah it's yeah. definitely a collaborative process so that's great. That's that's fantastic and I, I love that idea of the the coffee grounds as well and using something that's just a waste product like yeah. why is that kind of idea of like circular economy and zero waste really important to you personally I suppose but also in your business yeah um well I'll just very briefly touch on when I was in, two, in 2019 or 2020 I was kind of working part-time in a cafe and I just mm. and I'd seen you know <clears throat> coffee grounds in, in cafes I'd worked in cafes before and you see the coffee grounds just going in the bin mm. and you're like I don't know just from coming from from kitchens where you you know I remember working in the kitchen in early days and chef went through my bin actually you know to, to look what was going in the bin and then just seeing I'll be honest, yeah young lads basically making coffee and just throwing it in the bin and like kilos and kilos of these coffee grounds and they're not yeah, bit, like not blinking not blinking an eye at it like you know not buying that an eye at it so um yeah like that's uh, that kind of fundamental like dislike for food waste is is, is been kind of pretty hammered home from mm. kitchens um but in terms of like circular economy yeah like ultimately it's more and more of a realization on my end that these um that food obviously and the food systems that we have in place are very very complex and but ultimately very wasteful and just uh i would love yeah i know it's it's I suppose just reading and and uh, looking into things and figuring out that we do yeah we need to any any bit of positive difference can make make some impact you know moving that linear model to more circular models and like things that, yeah I read a book uh, certainly in twenty twenty by a guy called Tristan Stewart uh, called Waste uh, it's just that it was excellent and just talking even about like roles of of he talks about food food waste pyramid and um, um, just you know this idea that for instance we produce food all the energy that goes into it and then if it doesn't go to human consumption then we then maybe just compost it like, mm. ultimately okay that's better than it going to landfill but mm. we could also food, so feed some of it to livestock we could also add a higher level even then we could maybe bring it to biodigesters mm. and, and gain something out of it you know not just have this complete loss of energy so um yeah creating an easier yeah creating like the, the systems are there already you know like mm-hmm. i always think back to my going up to my granny's house in oma and you know there was the, the bottles of, of milk outside the glass bottles of milk like and suddenly we were just replaced with this other system of, of plastic yeah. and oh it's just crazy like it's just really insane what we're doing yeah. So what happens next with the with the kitchen side? Like, do you see yourselves maybe even moving into having some kind of a restaurant? Or are you going mm. to keep on making the products and dropping them around? Or is there another type of production that you guys are interested in? Or is it about just scaling up the the one you have? Yeah, good question. Yeah, um, basically, I think there's there's two sides to the business. One is the farm, uh, and one is the kitchen, and um, yeah, my background's kitchens, and, and I want to develop the, the food side of things certainly um i think um the farming as it as it is you know farming 
as I'm sure you guys know, yeah, it's tough, it's hard, and um, it's um, it needs to scale ultimately for it mm. to survive. And it needs to scale, and it needs to be if it needs to be some in the same field of efficiency as um, as other big mushroom farms, you know. Um, but um, yeah, it's kind of uh, often make an analogy of like in kitchens, you, you you know, you make the cake and you put it in the oven, you find out you know in an hour's time you're good to go whereas it takes longer like to, yeah. to grow mushrooms about five five seven weeks we're kind of figuring stuff out so you know, <coughs> I, wanted, I suppose in terms of the farm we want to develop it uh we want to see if we can actually if it is efficient way of doing it and, and can we find a, a way that we could scale it up in an urban environment you know we could do four or six containers together and how would that look and um and there's a the crowd in, in Rotterdam. They have eight containers situated yeah. beside, beside each other, all with solar panels on top using using them to electrify the whole thing. So like that that would be really cool to do, but almost you go back to the kind of that circular aspect of things and would you or would you if you did would you do like eight containers together or would you do say four and then it was integrated into an urban farm that you know is then utilizing the spent substrate which is after we harvest mushrooms we're, we left we're left with this pretty good compost ready to go and yeah. could be used for for other parts of it more holistic or kind of yeah holistic farm i suppose so uh that's the farming side of things in terms of in terms of the kitchen yeah definitely want to look to open a, a restaurant that uh, would showcase, I suppose, what we're doing, but also what other sustainable farms are doing around around Ireland, uh, and that we could just start to bring in kind of circular movement or circular flow of resources. So yeah, it'd be great to be able to link with some farms and getting in, for instance, pails of milk and having some kind of refill section. And this yeah. is, you know, this all needs to be be figured out. But like, um, yeah, just to be able to to showcase whole foods that are kind of involving the whole community mm. right. yeah. it's kind of the way things really need to go isn't it that whole kind of like full circle system like we have to adopt those kind of models really to to be sustainable like and to be successful so what what do you do with the spent um substrate, substrate now another yeah great thing about uh, ucd is that there's just lots of uh, different people with different expertise yeah. you know uh, and uh, actually um who have a little micro farm on ucd called the gnomes oh they're in dcu actually yeah yeah oh, they're in DCU, yeah 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 i, I listened to that podcast so we met went yeah. out and met them in 2020 actually and they were very uh, amazing like, really encouraging and uh, uh it was great to it's great to meet them um yeah. is there a little micro farm like that on campus so there's a like there's actually an environmental i think it's called the agricultural environmental research uh, center so yeah there's like big uh, greenhouses and polytunnels and then they've got an orchard and yeah and then they've got their other farm which is down in i think it's in there uh which is linked to which bigger dairy scale or dairy dairy farm um so yeah there's a lot of research going on ucd is a big ag, ag science uh, department there um but yeah it was a, <clears throat> like you know we plumped our container in the middle of ucd and, and suddenly you start to get this inquiries or this uh, a guy came along and he's working on a big mushroom project million euro eu funded mushroom projects and and grow specific specifically on on gray oyster mushrooms so we, we've kind of linked with him and uh which is great and now we have a master student and she's working on what are they called the biocomposites or mycelium biocomposites so right. basically 
you've probably seen them like um people using mycelium to to make packaging or sort of to make insulation mm -hmm. i suppose yeah. we want to investigate that uh currently up to now we've been used we've been kind of partnering with um, a crowd called pocket forest to here in dublin and they they're basically growing small um diverse native pockets of of, of forests <laughs> around to try and increase biodiversity it's a great little initiative um uh, very community focused so we give them our mushroom substrate and they uh, plant the trees and they pack the, the substrate around the base of the trees and it t tends to give them well the, it really retains some moisture uh, but it also allows them to kind of show often students or, or kids yeah. what mycelium looks like and try and give them an idea of what's going on underneath the soil fabulous yeah it's so it's amazing all these things are actually happening underneath our feet and sometimes you just never hear about it like brilliant that there's such a network of um people like-minded yeah. is working together like that do you know now because you're in the thick of all this research and you're kind of like working with all these people what do you see actually happening kind of 20 30 years down the line what are your predictions for the future of this uh, I I, well there's, lo there's been loads of great podcasts on 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 your or episodes on your podcast but uh, i liked uh, brian mccarthy's um piece on his Cork Urban Farm and the, the Cork uh, Urban Soil Project. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. Just kind of, yeah, Brian's uh, uh, vision, I suppose, of, of trying to bring farms, uh, like bring urban farms to, to a point of being really efficient and then linking them with maybe just peri-urban farms is, uh, is something that I really feel passionate about. It's something that can... I would hope to and kind of almost wrestle a bit of control back from from these from supermarkets, which, like you know, you read. I'm interested reading an interesting book, moment called Hungry City, and and it's oh, you're just yeah, like the supermarkets are, are in a lot of ways just. I mean, it's just part of the whole food system that's been developing over hundreds of years, but it's just destroying our kind of connection with food. And it would be great to be able to to play some part and kind of. Re getting people to reconnect with their food and and, and understand yeah. what's you know how amazing nature is that they can produce this food and um and we don't need to go down really really um processed um food produced in in labs or in, in various other things so um in terms of mushrooms yeah i think i think it go i think it looking at it or bringing it in as part of a holistic farm or holistic process uh, could really work i mean we can actually what we want to investigate is um using cardboard to, to grow mushrooms so using cardboard and coffee like so you know how cool would it be if we we were stationed in ucd we take all the cardboard and coffee waste from around campus we grow oyster mushrooms then we you know we produce i don't know a couple of hundred kilos of oyster mushrooms then the spent substrate there's a, I don't know, hen farm mm. uh, or an egg farm uh, beside it. They're, you know, using that substrate as their bedding. Yeah. Uh, we're using the, all the food waste from our own campus to feed the hens. Yeah. Then, you know, it could go on. All their, then that compost could be used as a vegetable. Then. Like just think, thinking in kind of these circular holistic systems. Uh, I find it really exciting, but there's obviously realities of farming that, you, you know, you need to you need to figure out and that's hard, yeah. Yeah, no. And I suppose when you're around people as well that are, you know, younger students um, and they see it kind of like in their lives, it really is quite inspiring as well to see that. And then we 
hopefully adopt those kind of systems for the rest of our lives. Like that's the idea, isn't it? See, those effects are way bigger than you realize they are. You know, all yeah. of these people who are volunteering and helping out in what you're doing will probably go on and quite inspired to mm. do something mm. pretty fascinating you never even thought of yourself you know mm. yeah, maybe, yeah. the community of people that feed into all of these and i see that all the time with what um the the cork urban soil project do mm. with virginia and donald you know mm. they always seem to have new energy and new blood coming into their business and that's a really yeah. big part of their business model mm. i think is being yeah. able to have so many different people getting stuck in have yeah, you been over to rotterdam you mentioned rotterdam a few times mm. have do you get the chance to no, we haven't. Been, oh, we haven't been over this year or twenty 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 three. We yeah, we will hopefully be going over to a farm in Hungary. Um, they're involved with this big uh, project I, I mentioned there, and it's a very large uh, oyster mushroom farm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they, she came over for the owner of that farm came over for this uh, kind of small meeting conference that we had a couple of months ago, and yeah, really, she was really really focused on trying to. Uh, grow oyster mushrooms using i suppose urban waste res- residuals and um and that was very much her focus so if we could yeah get some um insight from her that would be great i think that's one thing that we would like to focus on in the next year or six months just uh yeah there's so much knowledge there's so much knowledge in, in, of, of mushrooms both here in ireland and um and in europe and you know a lot of the systems already no, for sure. Coming in, out, coming from a an, an outside perspective, like as like as I said, my background's ki- kitchen work, and, and James's background's physics and tech. Coming from that outside perspective can be beneficial, mm. but at the same time, you know, a lot of the work's already been done. So, mm. um, yeah, we can hopefully learn from them and and maybe yeah go up. like we we did a kind of a consultancy with Rotterdam, so we kind of got a lot of insight from them, but. Uh, there, yeah, there's a, there aren't really too many. Uh, they're called exotic mushrooms. Really, there aren't too many exotic mushroom farms in, around Ireland, and there's there's no one, no one really who's actually making their own substrate. You know, a lot mm. of them, basically everyone buys in substrate in plastic bags from from Holland. They yeah. they slip the bag and and then they're good to go. So doing the whole process using the waste materials because that's what mushrooms are all made from, like from. Mm. From yeah. the white button mushrooms to the exotic, they're all using basically straw and and chicken manure. In, okay. And uh, so using them, yeah, using those kind of residuals in an urban context is probably what where we want to focus and, and hopefully make some impact. Yeah. And tell me now, is this something that I could try at home if I've mm. got a, a like in my I I do compost my coffee grinds, but if I was to kind of keep them aside now. Could mm. I make my own little mushroom? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> mushroom, <laughs> micro, micro little farm. How could I do it? Is that yeah. is that something you'd recommend? And and if so, um, yeah, I think it's it's definitely a bit of fun, and um, it can be done. Yeah, for sure. Like um, crowd in in Rotterdam, they basically supply this like home kit, and you know they give you a bucket and they tell you how to do it, and they give you a mushroom spawn and they kind of go through the process with you so it it, it is certainly doable um we have kind of trialed it on a small scale uh doing our own kind of home kits and we've also received other other home kits from people and it is as 
as I said, it can work, but you often get a, kind of a smaller quantity of mushrooms. Uh, mm. Hence why we kind of moved, shifted towards the bins. We actually think potentially that the bins could be slightly more accessible, that people maybe with uh, polytonal could, um, you know, have, could, could get a couple of these bins and, and put it in, mm. especially in the, in the maybe slightly colder months, because when you're producing, when you make mushrooms, especially in the, in the initial phase, they produce both heat, heat and mm. carbon dioxide. So that's okay. a perfect kind of thing for, for plant growth and there could be some synergy there as well. So, um, but in terms of the home kit, yeah, it's, it's very, it's pretty simple. Like what is pretty essential though is, um, using fresh coffee grounds. So you kind of need to do it with, uh, coffee grounds that are maybe two to three days old maximum. And then it's just a matter of, of mixing, having, let's say the right recipe and, and mixing it in with some nice uh, mushroom spawn and, um, the, mushrooms are very much or fungus or fungi are, are like humans they need air to breathe and they need uh they need some moisture as well or enough moisture in their mix so um like getting the right balance of water in the mix but also having some vessel that allows kind of airflow um so yeah it's, it's not too hard but there and i think we definitely i suppose want to show that it is more ground mushrooms is more accessible than people think uh, it mightn't be quite as easy as you know planting some plants or, or growing some plants but um it is accessible especially in a kind of a in a small scale uh, manner that uh, yeah anyone with a polyphonal could do this anyone with some maybe just enthusiasm for growing could could do yeah. this and um yeah we're excited to kind of learn or investigate more about this growing plants alongside uh, alongside the mushrooms because it could be a very nice synergy it's it's a good job you are in ucd because it sounds like you need a lot of hands and help to to carry out all these ideas like yeah yeah uh, i think we'd be probably yeah. a bit guilty of not uh, uh making making use of, of these hands as well and, and and not reaching out to enough people you know there's okay. as i said there's yeah. that environmental research uh, center just around the corner we only kind of discovered it a couple of months ago and uh yeah it, uh, just just lots of enthusiasm and uh, and support available so it'd be great and do you welcome people in the door if they want to have a look yeah 100 yeah yeah um we're not there every day so we kind of yeah. um there needs to be a bit of pre-arrangement but um yeah we've uh, plenty of tours and and yeah people's reactions are always nice and fun and just yeah trying to i suppose getting people engaged in the process and, and, uh, you know, it's just where, where are mushroom farms in Ireland? They're down the country and there's, there's not much known about mm. them. You know, mm. if you go into the dark sides of, of mushroom production and, you know, where, what's going on and yeah, it, it's not, it's not particularly pretty when you're talking about peat and, and it's, uh, it's actually pretty shocking. So, uh, showing someone that it can be done in a different way in an urban center think is is pretty exciting yeah. yeah and where can people get your products if they want to actually taste what it is you make yeah uh, so we do have a list of stockists on our website it's about 20 stockists around dublin and then we also do um online deliveries so or uh, you can purchase a, a bar a box of four or a box of six jars um and we deliver them either direct uh, in dublin or we'll send them out in the post nice so, so it's, yeah, it's 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 realistically, as I said, it's at a very small scale, but um, 
yeah, I think we've got big ambitions and um, I think the, the products are tasty, so it should, um, yeah. It, it's it's all good. Um, can I ask you, kind of like looking back at it now, how, how long are you in business actually altogether? Is it since uh, Yeah, barely uh, March 21. Or March, tw- yeah, March. 2021, we kind of officially started. Yeah. Okay, so it's like... How many months is that? That's uh, not even two years. Yeah, a year and a half, let's say, or a year. year, and, year, a year and a half. Like, I mean, you've been through huge, um, huge strides and leaps, and I'm sure there was like lots of tough moments and successful moments. Like, what are you most proud of what you've achieved over the last year and a half? Then, um, yes, like the, I think the container looks great. I, the, it was a nice moment on Sunday morning. We rolled the container in, uh, into drove it from Reeds to um to Dublin and, and dropped it in and got it all hooked up and yeah well credit to James is great it looks great and uh, uh it's functioning well and so yeah that that's nice like just doing this is something we we made together and and um yeah it's nice to be able to show people that, and that's that's kind of nice so I mean for me as well to make the products and getting people's reactions like we've done some markets and um uh, doing like tacos, for instance, of of you know, with our chili mushroom chili, mm. and people are yeah, getting really nice reactions and, and coming back for more. So uh, yeah, that's always really nice. Yeah. yeah, it's nice. I do miss that almost from restaurants getting that instant gratification or yeah. instant reaction. That was nice. So, um, How do you like working during the day, Paddy? Uh, yeah, like a lot of computer. Yeah, it's been a fair bit of computer work. Like realistically, like the, our days are over, the overall week is like. You know, I'll do basically collect the coffee grounds on Tuesday or when the students will collect on Tuesday. Uh, and then I'll make the mix on Tuesday afternoon, evening, and then uh, do the exact same on Thursday. And then on Friday, usually come in and clean the whole container and harvest the container, the mushrooms. And and then um, James kind of <clears throat> is in the background um, making sure everything's working correctly in terms of data. Uh, collection and uh, all the equipment, and then he's actually doing a report for the for the EPA. So we got okay. a, a grant with them from uh, for this circular economy grant. So um, I suppose anal- analyzing the whole farm, and um, and then on Saturdays, yeah, I take the the mushrooms and go out to an industrial kitchen. So yeah, it's it's interesting kind of finding that balance of um, yeah well what's needed to be done like there's always admin to be done there's always marketing that can be done um but yeah i definitely miss that kind of hands-on um work of, of restaurants um and i kind of want to get back into that yeah um, yeah but it's nice it's, lo- it's lovely to yeah <laughs> i uh got a girlfriend of 2020 so it's nice to be able to spend the spend the evenings that's it that's it we'll see see how it goes so that's it from today's neighbor food podcast you've been listening to paddy arnold from the revolution farm and kitchen and we can find out more about him at revolutionfarmkitchen.com yes and uh, thank you so much for listening if you enjoy our podcast we'd really appreciate if you could give us a review it helps more people listen to the podcast so uh, you'll find that on Apple Podcasts Spotify or wherever you listen and um, And sure give us a rating while you're at it we love an old rating like too thanks guys see you soon